lungs, stomach, heart, liver. Those are a few things that we basically need to live. Forgot about the brain. You know, we need that to live also. We can't live without it. On this episode, we're going to talk to a survivor that had some brain issues. Well, I'm going to let her tell her story herself. So I hope you enjoy this. Welcome to another episode of Chin Wagon with Ruck. Today, this episode is called Survivor. You know, I did one episode with Survivor. We talk about prostate survivor. Well, in this episode, we're going to talk about another organ, which is the brain. And on this episode, we have Danielle. Hello, how are you? Fine, how you doing, Danielle? I'm good. Now, Danielle is a close friend of mine. Um, I knew about her ordeal, but I had a somewhat problem to do this podcast with her because it's it's just something that I I, I have trouble with. I, I know I'm gonna have to get therapy for it. I already know that about myself and well anyway, Danielle. Yes, sir. How old are you? Ooh, I'm forty nine. Forty nine years old. What happened tra- traumatically to you and what age did it happen? Now you're making me think. (laughs) (laughs) And I can tell you the year. In 2013. Nine years ago, so at 40. mm -hmm, I was, I guess you could really say it probably started 2011. Because I had started having major headaches. And, you know, we have headaches, we take stuff. Right, take a Tylenol. Take a Tylenol, get over it. And so the headaches wouldn't go away. So I started taking goodie powders with Coca-Cola okay. every morning to survive. So was it migraine? I thought it was a migraine. That's okay. why I started like just anything that would just ease the pain. But I didn't understand or realize that maybe go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Well, eventually I did go to the doctor and they started treating me for sinus infection. Okay, so you were self-medicating. Yeah. Then you're like, okay, I'm tired of my head hurt. Let me go to yes. the doctor so they can give me some real medicine. Yeah. And so they gave me, they said it was sinus infections. And I had <laughs> never dealt with sinus problems before. So I would take it or whatever. But then I will remember 2013, it was March. It was Little Miko's birthday. We took him to Greenville to this putt-putt place. It was some type of little amusement park. Mm-hmm. And I remember my head was... It, it wasn't hurting, but it was weird because I couldn't look down. When I looked down, it felt like something was just like tingling at the center of my head. And I was like, man, but because we were playing putt-putt. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't look down to putt the ball. But I, but it's like you, you're in such pain, but you deal with it. Like you, you, you don't realize you're in this pain because it's been so long. Yeah, because when you deal pain. with something every day, yeah, when you, you deal get with used it, to it. You get used to the pain. And okay. I promise you. I was like kind of just dealing with the pain. So that was that March. It was his birthday. And so then probably uh, three, three weeks after his birthday, maybe the end of March, I started having smelling this weird smell. And I could, it was like a, 
an old ketchup pack. And that's what I kept yeah, thinking. I got you. Yeah. So I couldn't I couldn't figure out what in the world is going on. So I had Lamiko tearing up my bed. Trying to find trying that trying ketchup pack. Find that ketchup pack. Right. So we ended up like rearranging my whole room and I found nothing. So I remember going to work the next day and I smelled that same smell. So I was like, something is not right because the smell is following me wherever I go. So I remember one of the teachers that I was, because I worked in the middle school at the time, she mm -hmm. gave me um, an 800 milligram ibuprofen. Okay. The next morning when I got up, I was determined. I said, you know what? I'm going to the emergency room. So I called one of my friends at the time, Shakur. And I called her and I asked her, would she come and take me to the emergency room? So she came to my house. She picked me up and we went to Athens to the emergency room and... When I got there, they asked me, why did I come? And I said, because I've been having headaches that I can't get rid of. And now they say it's a sinus thing, and by you yeah. smelling ketchup, you would think, okay. I would think it's a sinus right. thing, yes. So we get to the emergency room at Athens Regional, and they take me back, and they only do a CAT scan. Okay, a CAT scan, which is just of your head. Yes. Okay. So we, I'm sitting in the room, and I'm waiting for the doctor to come back in, and by this time, they done gave me morphine. So I ain't Morphine? Feel, yeah, I was. Oh, you feeling good then? I felt real good. Yeah, no. I pain. hadn't been that pain free in years. So oh, I'm sitting oh. there, and I'm thinking to myself, I was in heaven. I can imagine you've been hurting all, all those that time, years, and, and now they give you this morphine, and you feel good, and you now mind you, you still don't know what's going on. Right. So I do remember laying on the bed, and the doctor comes in, and he just looks at me, and he says, "Now, what did you say brought you here?" And I said headaches I'm feeling good by this time you know yeah and morphine kicked in and he said you have a brain tumor he just told you just like that then then yeah. soften it up just boom he said you have a brain tumor and i used to work in hospice mm. and i had a patient that had mm. a brain tumor and she didn't live three weeks mm. and that's the first thing that came to my mind like i i literally Felt myself sinking in the bed when he told me I had this brain tumor. Right. And I thought, oh my God. So, mind you, I'm on morphine. Right. <laughs> so I text Shakur and she's sitting right beside me and I said, <laughs> <laughs> I said, he just told me I have a brain tumor. She said, give me your phone. <laughs> <laughs> you were really feeling good. Really good. So, it didn't, it, it was. It was unreal because when I found out, it's like everything started happening so fast. It was like you find something out and you got everything. It's like you don't have time to wait. You mm. got to get this done. You got to get that done. So I remember leaving. She brought me back home. It was I was still in shock, I believe. But I remember sitting down and I was like, okay, I can't, I can't give up. I cannot give up. I cannot let this beat me. So he sent me to a um, neurologist, Dr. Walpert. In Athens. Okay, and wait, hold on before you get there. Now, I know you was on morphine, so that kind of that kind of unbalanced your thought process yeah. when you heard that. Yeah. So can you really just you can you can you really just like let us know if you can because that morphine will interfere with that. But when you heard those words, what exactly went through your mind when you heard those words? Oh, I was words? gonna die. I thought I was going to die. Right. Literally. So because I'm telling you, what went through my mind was the first thing that I thought about was that patient when I worked in hospice that had brain that had a brain tumor. 
That's the first thing that came to mind. And then she lived three weeks. She didn't even live three. And I saw how it deteriorated her. She went from one week, I'm going to see this lady. And she is in her right mind to the next week. She don't even know who nobody is. She had two small kids and a husband. That's the only Mm. thing I could think about when they told me about this brain tumor. And I'm like, seriously. Yeah, that that, that had to be. I, I can't imagine. And. You think about your kids, yes. your family, because you were married. I mean, you married with kids and everything, and now you think about their future. And and we're friends, right? Yeah. <laughs> you do know I did not know that. I did not at all. You know what? A lot of people didn't. I because you know what? After I got home, I was determined that I was I didn't want a pity party. Okay. And I'm a firm believer in you can't tell everybody and you can't put stuff in the atmosphere That's because people will have you wanting to I knew it was a purpose. Yeah. So if I'm a, if I'm gonna fight and I'm gonna get through this, I gotta figure out what that purpose is. So my thing was <laughs> I, like I ain't finna stop. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I really because at first it got me. I'm not gonna lie, it got me. Mm-hmm. I thought I was finna die. Mm-hmm. And I went to the the neurologist. I, I called my husband. And when I say everything happened fast, mm-hmm. immediately I had to go. I didn't it wasn't like you go to the neurologist next week. You go to the neurologist when you leave here. Oh, whoa. <laughs> yes. Is he dead by himself? Make you just get to thinking like, out. right. So I go to her immediately. I call my husband. We got a, the, the emergency room doctor got me an appointment with her right then and there. Because mm-hmm. this was in the morning when I went to the emergency room. We go straight to Dr. Walpert's office. She's checking me. She's looking at the CAT scan. Because mind you, this is a CAT scan. Mm-hmm. Cat, CAT, CAT scans are not supposed to detect stuff like this. Oh, wow. This is something that an MRI detects. Oh, yeah. yeah it's wrong. just, So right. a CAT scan, mm, So... Oh, that wow. alone, when the, the the emergency room doctor, he ain't thinking, but her, she's like, I can't, I can't do nothing for you. You gonna have to go to an Atlanta. You gotta go to a specialist. And when she told you that, that I can imagine what went through your. That flipped me out. That freaked me out too because I'm like, okay, but in my mind, I'm like, I'm ready to get over it. So I then I remember. Now this ain't, mind you again. This ain't next week. I immediately get an appointment at Emory University the next day. Mm. And I go to Emory mm. and I see this doctor, Dr. OUCQ. You didn't sleep at all that night, I know. No, man, I didn't sleep at all until after the surgery. Yeah. Like, literally, I didn't. I put up a good front. I remember um, after going to Emory and I saw Dr. OUCQ, they gave me an MRI. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay. He said, I'm looking at it, and it's the size of a golf ball. Okay. He said, we're going to cut your head from here to here to remove it because I can't go through your nose. Because usually they can go through your nose, and but mm. he couldn't go through my because so, of where it was. I was say, where it was, was it? center mat right there, yeah. Your forehead. Yeah. That's why when I was bending down, I yes. felt the pressure. Yes. Yeah. So he was like, we're going to, you know, he said, I don't want you driving because you're having what we call spells. Many seizures. Had no idea. Could not drive. Mm. They immediately called an eye doctor in. Now, mind you, rewind a little bit. Um, Before I found out about it, 
I kept thinking that my eye doctor was messing up my prescription with my glasses and my Cause, contacts. Because you couldn't see. Because my, my, my vision changed. It kept changing. It kept changing. Now, people need to understand how, well, I know they, hopefully they know how important your brain is. Let me tell you something. That ain't even the kicker, how important your skull is. What? Your skull is very important because it protects your brain. True, true that. So, with, so now mind you, <laughs> after I, I go to Dr. OUCQ, he tells me what they're going to do. Um, he says, you're not going to be able to smell. Whoa. You're not I'm talking about after the surgery? Oh, yeah. You're not going to be able to taste. Um, you'll be able to see, but your vision will be limited. So yeah. he going by what he see on the MRI, where the tumor is, and the things that it gonna take it away from your brain. Away from my brain. So he looks at me and he says, "You gonna have." I had to go back to Emory every day to see a different doctor to prepare for this surgery. Wow. Every day I couldn't drive, so mind you, I had to find people to take to you. take me because I couldn't drive, and. Oh. I went every day, and he said the last day when we got ready to prepare for my surgery, he said, now what do you, is there anything that you want me to do? He said, your surgery is going to take about five hours. Mm. He said, you know, just remove it. And I said, just let me sleep. Mm. Just let me sleep. So he left out, and when he told me that, and I do remember when he told me that I was not going to be able to eat or smell, you know what I said? Oh, I rebuked that in the name of Jesus. The devil is a lie. <laughs> the devil is a lie because I like to eat. <laughs> and I won't be able to taste my food. <laughs> and it was funny, and he laughed at me. But by me saying that, that I don't care about that because I know the God I serve. Right, by me telling him that, the most amazing thing happened. Okay, stop right there. Okay. The most amazing thing happened. Remember that. Now, I want to know that. I know by now, as you're going through this process so quickly, how did your family feel? How, how, what oh, did your boys think? Yes, your, your, your husband, your, your, like, your boys. For my oldest one, he came home immediately. Now, what age? Eugene. Now, how old was Eugene? Yeah, cause that's 2013. Now, this was nine years ago. So Eugene was what? Thirty-two minus thirty-three minus nine. Thirty-three minus nine. That's twenty-four. Okay. Then Chucky was in college. I remember he was at Georgia Southern. Really? Yeah. When does this happen? He was at yeah. Georgia Southern. Mm -hmm. And so your baby boy was in high school. He was in high school. He and the thing about it, Lamiko hadn't turned sixteen yet. Mm. Or was he? No. Lamiko hadn't turned fifteen yet. So he was fourteen. He was fourteen. He would have been fifteen. His birthday, the next year in March, yeah. Because wow. I remember he got his learners. No, he, he was he got his learners or his license, and he because he was driving me around. Wow. So for them, for Lil Miko, I think everybody always said that Valden was um, a mama's boy. Right. And he really was. He was like really the one that was attached to me the most. Yeah. But at that point, the tables turned, and it became Lil Miko. Really? That was a turning point in his life. Yeah. That, and none of them ever expressed how they felt until afterwards. Right. But you can tell, like, Lamico never left my side. Yeah. Check it would come home from school, but that's how he deal with stuff. Yeah. Eugene was right there trying to tell him what to do. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Like, you know, you need to sit down. You don't need to do this. You don't need to do that. And I remember finding out they had a friend's helping friend banquet for the special need kids. 
and that night little Miko and Valda went with me to the and we took a picture that night and I remember wow and it was it was tough for him for my husband he's more like the macho man well we're gonna let him speak for himself yeah so he ain't gonna show his feelings okay but you can tell yeah it took its toll on everybody my mama came home it was so bad I am gonna say this that I had been in so much pain for so long that when my mom got home and she saw my house, she said, this is this ain't Danielle. This ain't Danielle. Yeah. She said, I don't know how, I'm just going to be real, I don't know how I was functioning. Yeah. I don't know how I was going to work. I don't know how I was doing any of that stuff. I don't even remember. That's how, because the ironic part about it, it was more than what we thought it was. Right. So when I said, when the doctor said how long the surgery and stuff was going to be, and by me telling him that, the day of my surgery, you know, of course I had to be in ICU. And I, um, when I woke up, I remember waking up and that doctor looking at me. And he said, the surgery that I thought was going to last five and a half hours, maybe five hours, lasted nine and a half hours. Oh, my goodness. He said the tumor that I thought was the size of a golf ball was the size of an apple and it pushed your brain completely out the way. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. He said, this is what he told me. He said, I had removed some of it. He said, after five hours, I had removed some of it. He said, and I put you in ICU. He said, but the only thing I could think about was you telling me about the God you serve. (laughs) He said, I couldn't leave you like that. This is the doctor telling me this. Wow. Literally. He said, I went back in ICU, got you out, brought you back to the operating room, and removed the tumor off your brain. Oh, my goodness. And my brain was so swollen, they could not put my skull back in. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's back up. They could not put your skull back together because your brain was so swollen. They couldn't put it back in my head. So my skull was literally in a container in the refrigerator sitting there waiting for my brain to go down. Oh, my goodness. You know, I I am so glad y'all didn't let me know this stuff. I would have. I mean, I yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm. It's kind of bad to say. It sounds selfish to say, but I, I just can't deal with stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm glad that y'all kept. I'm glad I didn't know about it. Just put it that way. I don't yeah. know how that happened because I, I stay in constant contact with y'all. Yeah. But for some reason, I don't think you knew the severity of it. I didn't know about it at all because I, really? I I remember when I found out that I know I didn't know about it. I think I was talking to your husband and I didn't know anything about it at all. Zero. Really. I, I'm thinking, because you had more than one surgery. Oh, yeah, I had two. The See, second one was to put the skull back in. I'm thinking, that's what yeah. I, I found out very late. And, and like I said, I'm glad I did, but. Yeah, I had two surgeries, back to back. I had one was in April, and the other one was in June. Okay. So when I had my first surgery, my brain was so swollen that they couldn't put the skull back in. So they that's sent amazing. me home without a skull. That's amazing. So I came home without a skull. And this is what I'm telling you. Your skull is important. Right. So I had strict instructions. Stay away from kids because, you know, kids, they have no sense of nothing. So stay away from kids and be very careful with what you do. Well, I was hard-headed. I decided I was going to be independent and do stuff on my own. 
Okay. So I know my mama was like, well, let me tell you, when I tell you my mama was a soldier, <laughs> baby, this walk, oh, I will never forget. It's like certain things you remember, uh, but I remember because I couldn't get myself a bath. So my mom, we had a, a, a um, shower chair in the bathtub. My mama would sit me in the bath, and then we had this big window over our tub in our bathroom. Uh-huh. And the sun would just be beaming through that window. And my mama would sit me in that chair and she would give me the best bath. That was wow. like, man, I want to just lay in that tub and fall asleep. Oh, wow. And she would say, sit down, girl, and don't, you know, be hard-headed. So this one particular morning, I'm like, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to the kitchen to cook. Trace Oh, my goodness. I went there, put some bacon in the stove, right? Dude, I opened up the oven to reach down and get it. I thought my whole head was on fire. Right. There was no skull. Right, because all the nerves right there. Oh. Oh my goodness. That was painful. Oh, I shut that stove real fast. Sit your ass down. Exactly. Then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so look, my mama was standing there looking at me, and that's exactly what she said. <laughs> right wow. Oh my goodness. And I didn't realize, I mean, I didn't realize. And it's like, I couldn't sleep in a regular bed, literally, because when I laid back, I felt like my eyeballs was going to pop, was going to leave. So I had to sleep in a recliner. Oh, my goodness. There was nothing. Like, it's weird. Like, straight up, for real. Like, it was weird. And then I started, I had a dent in my head right there when the swelling started going down. Right. So you could see the dent yeah. right there with no skull. Oh, that that blows my mind. Because I'm getting a picture of you coming home with no skull. and Imagine and, riding down the road with your husband who drives. And then he, yeah, he can't drive at all. Yeah. Thank you. Exactly. So you hitting every bump. And he fast and oh, do. Oh, my God. Wow. I, so I didn't know. Mind you, I, didn't, I wouldn't let him take me back and forth to the dog. <laughs> I don't blame you. Didn't <laughs> it terrible? It's weird because even after, it's like I really had to survive a lot. Like learning how to drive all over again. That's amazing. Learning how to multitask. I remember the first time I cooked a meal afterwards, it took me eight hours. Oh, wow. I couldn't, I couldn't focus. I, I had to do one thing at a time. I could not multitask. Okay, now what about your smell and taste? Oh, it was horrible. It, now, literally, the smell took the longest to come back. Huh. Um, the taste was weird because what happened was the first thing that I ate Everything tasted like Everything that. Everything tasted like that. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. Every, and like an idiot, the first thing I ate was fish and grits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Everything tasted like fish. Oh, it that's was a, fishy. It was horrible. That is bad. Yeah. So everything I ate was like, oh, it was horrible. So eventually, it's like nothing was good. I right. wanted food. Nothing was good. And eventually, my taste started coming back. Okay. And then... um. My smell, it was like the smell part was harder because I didn't, I couldn't smell stuff. Mm-hmm. That's still kind of like relevant a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I can't, it's irritating because it's like if if I get a whiff of something and I smell it, it's gonna carry. Yeah. And so that's been driving me. It's crazy. gonna stay with you for a while. Yes. So like mm-hmm. I can't deal with it, but then. I could tell when my smell was coming back, it would leave and calm mm-hmm. because my head would start hurting. So I make it go into a restaurant and mm-hmm. I could smell every spice. It was irritating. I it could was, smell everything. It was heightened. Yes. My smell, the sense was so heightened that it would make my head hurt. Wow. So eventually that left. One thing I couldn't smell was poop. I want to ask you when you're hoping forward and stuff, did you like, did that stick with you? Like, damn. I couldn't smell it. 
<clears throat> babies. If babies, a baby, I couldn't, I couldn't smell it. Hmm. So like I would have to ask people like if I had one of my grandkids, right. have they done pooped? Wow! It, it took a it took a minute because at that time I think it was like only Kinsley that we had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and and like right after she was born, we kept her. So it's like I had to really ask because I couldn't. Right. That smell stayed gone for a while. The taste. Then it was the seizure. I had one seizure. Hmm. Afterwards, they put me on seizure medication and, whoo, talking about, this was me and my mom. My nephew's mom had died, and I was getting better. I had my skull back in, and we went to Athens to her funeral. And I remember coming back, and you remember where the, um, what was it, Fred's? Mm-hmm. That was on 172. Mm-hmm. No, on 72. 72, yeah, in, in Colbert. We went to Fred's. I got some candles because I had something I wanted to put a candle in. I remember dropping $5 at the door of Fred's coming out. And my mama saying, you okay, girl? And I was like, yeah, I'm good. And we get in the car. That's the last thing I remember. Mm. No lie. I'm driving. Oh, no. Oh, yes. I'm driving. I get in the car. Mama said, you okay? I was like, I'm good. We leave. I don't remember anything else. I woke up in the back of an ambulance. What happened? I had a seizure driving. So my mama never told me. She never shared with me how she felt or what had happened. All I know is I woke up in the back of the ambulance. And Valerie Norwood, I'll never forget, was the sheriff that was standing there. And I knew her. I knew Valerie. I knew her name, but I didn't know who I was. So the ambulance driver had my license. And... He was um, showing me my license, asking me who I was, because at this time, now mind you, my mama, the the ambulance, I was in the ambulance, my mama had left to go get Big Miko, get my husband, to bring him so they could come to the hospital where I was. And I'm riding an ambulance, and I I can't tell these people who I am. And this was after the surgery? Yeah. How how long after the surgery? That was that August. I had my second surgery that June. It was that August. Okay, basically two months. Yep. And... I couldn't, I didn't know. So I, we get to the hospital, and they're talking to me. And the only vague thing I can remember is like, I remember nails in the palm in my hand, on the top of my hand. Uh-huh. And I remember my head hitting the top of something. So at this point, it must have been when I went to seizure mode, and my foot mashed the gas, my head went up in the ceiling, and my mama was trying to grip my hands mm-hmm. off of the steering wheel. Mm. So that's where she was, where the digging of the nails came in. Right. So when I, while I was in there, um, I didn't know who I was. I couldn't tell them what my name was. I was just, I just remember staring off into space like blankly. My daddy came in. I said nothing. He was sitting there because we was waiting on Big Miko to come, and my aunt Valerie came in and she said Sissy, and that's the name my grandmama called me, mm-hmm. Sissy. And I remember saying, Wow. My name is Latrivia Danielle Harton. And it immediately came back to you. And it came back to me. So what you're saying is you, you, you had a seizure. I don't know how to say that. Seizure. Seizure, yeah. And when people have a seizure, they, they, they blank out. They, they've... I was actually having the seizure when we left Fred's. Yeah. I just didn't know it. Just so when my know. doctor said that I was having many seizures, that's what he was talking about. Right. And his thing, and I had, I had had them a couple of times at home. Mm-hmm. But the thing was, he was like, 
make sure that you lay her down. She'll she'll get out. She'll come out of it. Okay. And I remember one night sitting in the house and I was spaced out, and Miko realized it. And he was like, "Come on, let's go lay down." And he mm-hmm. guided me to the room and laid me down on the bed, and I was fine. But what happened to this seizure was, I'm a talker, <laughs> and my mama knew it. Mm-hmm. I was too quiet. She's from the time we left Fred's. Now, if anybody knows anything, and I know you do about 172, that back row. Oh, that's a curvy. Thank you. Yes. And that's the way we went home. Oh, God. That bridge right there, turned, too. Um, and we was going around curves, and Mama said I was too quiet. From the time we left Fred's, to we, I was too quiet. I hadn't said anything. She touched me. She nudged me and said, girl, you okay? Why you ain't talking? And I immediately went into a seizure. And so she told me about a couple of years ago, she finally told me that story and she couldn't even, she cried the whole time she told me. I had never heard her tell. And she said that she remember when I went into that seizure mode, it freaked her out. She was trying to get my foot off the gas. She couldn't get my foot off the gas. We was going around curves. She couldn't get my hands off the stirring wheel. She said the only thing she remember was leaning down saying, God, please help us. Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> she said, God, please help us. She said when she literally raised her head back up, we were sitting on the side of the road and everything was quiet. And she was <laughs> bawling when she was told me. She said there was two little old white ladies behind us that had already called the ambulance because they saw us going all over the road and they didn't know what was going oh on. Had God. called the police. That's how everybody met. She said, but she literally, when she looked up after trying to get my feet off the gas and she couldn't, she was like, God, please help us. Yes. She said when she looked up, we were sitting on the side of the road and it was like the car was just stopped. Jesus, take the wheel. That, that's that's. Baby, I'm telling you. Wow, wow. Literally. So once that happened, what was your next step? Did you have to go back to the neurologist? Oh yeah, I have. To, I'm hard headed, but I did. I had to go back and see the um, neurologist every six months, and for MRI number one, because even though they removed all of the tumor, the tumor that I have, I did my research. They come back. Oh. So um, that was the reason for me going back every six months. Right, to keep so, a check on it. Yeah, so I went back one particular, i never forget. Now, mind you, I never drove myself mm-hmm. because I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I always had to use a GPS, and I still have to use a GPS to this day, even though I know where I'm going. It's weird, but I, it's just, I do. Mm-hmm. So I always had to use a GPS, and I remember one particular time, i never forget, I went into Walmart. I had drove to Walmart at Elberton. I went into Walmart. And it was like Fort Knox. I couldn't do it. It was mm. too much. Mm. Walmart and Everton. Right. It was too much. Walmart still the old Walmart style. Yes. It's not even updated. Yeah, and it was too much for me. I came back to my car and I remember breaking down crying. Right. I couldn't back into a parking space. I couldn't parallel park. I couldn't do none of that. It's like your whole life got limited. Limited, totally. And so I couldn't carry a conversation with a person. Wow. So after that seizure, it was like he said, you can't drive. I'm getting ready to go back to work. So that's when Lamico came into play. He was driving me, taking uh-huh. me to work and everything. And so he was taking me back and forth to work. But I remember being at work, and I was like, I'm not going to let this get me. So I, so everybody was like, oh, you need to get disability. You don't need to go back to work. You need to sit at home and you know because you ain't capable of working. Mm-hmm. But I was determined. So I would download literally crossword puzzles on my phone, <laughs> download games on my phone, brain games. Yeah. And I would sit there and play them. 
and playing wow. to try to strengthen my brain. And when I got to work, it was like certain things I could remember. So I remember it was like freaking me out. So I remember going back to the doctor and I drove myself, had my GPS on, I drove myself, OMG. Mm. Even with the GPS, I was getting lost. So finally I made it to the doctor and I get out to go in. I couldn't remember which way I was supposed to go. Uh -huh. So I kept on getting back in the elevator. It was like a, a movie, like you open up and it's the same scene over uh -huh. and over again. And so finally, I got to the doctor's office and I broke down crying. I was so overwhelmed because it was like I should have never did that. It was too mm -hmm. much for me. And so I went in and they, they did a test and they said I had um, short-term memory. Mm. So it was like they would show me like three different things. And then we would talk and they would go back and ask me what was those three things they just showed me and I couldn't remember. I couldn't do it, right. So it was like short-term memory. So that, that motivated me even more to... Um, to try to do what I needed to do, you know, as far as like making my brain operate. So I started getting better. That's when I really got hard headed again and I stopped going to the doctor. <laughs> oh my goodness, damn. Yeah. So, because I, I was going back, having my checkups and everything was fine. Mm -hmm. So then when we ended up moving to Winder, I was like, you know, I'm going to go ahead, because I hated driving to Atlanta. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to find me a neurologist around here. Browserton had some good ones. And I'm going to. I'm going to go back, start back, get my MRIs, and just get myself back like I'm supposed okay, to. Okay, hold on. So this process that we're talking about started in 2011, and we're in 2022, and you still dealing with it? Oh, I still have three tumors on my brain. What? I went back um, probably, what, two, two, three years ago, and I remember, that's when I, I'm just going, mind you, because I just want to go and start back seeing my neurologist, start right. back getting, because it was then, it was like once a year, I would have to go. So, made my appointment, saw my neurologist or whatever, and he sent me for an MRI, go get the MRI. So I go back to the neurologist that day <clears throat> to see him, and he's standing there looking at me, like the first doctor was looking at me when he told me I had a tumor on my brain. Mm. So I'm looking at him, and he's just talking, and he's beating around the bush, so I'm thinking to myself, what is wrong with these people? okay let's talk about this and leave so the other doctor came back in the neurologist came in and he said well we got your MRI results he said and your tumors come back I'm like what he said I can help you or you can go back to the doctor that did your surgery in the beginning he said because he knows more about it right. he said me getting everything together may take a little bit longer and we don't know, you know, how big it is. We just know that the MRI shows. Mm -hmm. So he was like, you're more than welcome to get a second opinion. So I was like, here we go again. Wow. <laughs> so I ended up calling Emory. And they got my records and stuff together. And they called Dr. OUCQ. They sent him the MRI. And he said, we can't do another surgery. So I was like, okay. So he sends me to a... Um, Radiation oncologist. So I go to them, and so he's like, you know, he looks at the, looks at it, and he said, yeah, he said, we're going to do radiation. And he was like, we'll target or whatever, and I didn't have to have, like, five, I think five rounds of radiation. And he was like, um, we'll target the area. So he said, you'll have to have an MRI after your second treatment. And I was like, okay. So after my second treatment, I had an MRI. And I went in to see him, and he said, it's two tumors. 
So when they went to radiation, they could, you know, go around with the MRI and they could see a little bit better. It was two of them. So I was like, okay. So then after the fourth treatment, he did another MRI. It was three tumors. One of them was high. So I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Okay, now, now, I'll just go around hearing that news. You were more optimistic this time because you beat it the first time. So it wasn't that devastating. I'm, I'm guessing, correct me if I'm wrong, it wasn't that devastating to hear it the second time or was it the same? No, it was a little bit more because then it was like, at first I, I was like, I was, at first I was like, you know what, I'm not finna let this get to me. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I know I'm laughing about it. It don't bother me. I don't care because I know the God I serve. Mm -hmm. I know. So then I think it didn't dawn on me until after my radiation. And I think my next MRI that I got ready to take after the radiation, nothing had changed. That's when I got down. Okay. I was like more than I don't know I wanted to cry I was like oh I don't want to walk around here with no brain tumors for the rest of my life mm -hmm. like they don't want to cut me anymore you know what I'm saying like now let, let's explain to anyone that's listening hopefully a lot of people listening let's explain about the tumor situation because tumor Cancer, are they the same or they're not the same? Is it benign? Is it malignant? When you say a, a brain tumor, are you saying just a mass? That's it a was, the tumor that I have is called a meningenoma. Okay. And it's not cancerous. However, they keep growing and they keep, and, and they're hereditary because I have an aunt that has, <sighs> aunt, she has it. She has one. Mm. She had it before me. And the same doctor that did her surgery did mine. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But see, they went, They got a chance to go through her nose. Yeah. But because they didn't remove it. With mine's, I guess it was so big wow. that he had like to. Wow. Yeah. So now it's like, it's, it's, it affects you because sometimes, and I don't like to speak stuff because I'm like, man, I'm not walking around. It's like, if you know how your your leg get numb mm -hmm. and that tingling feeling. Mm -hmm. Well, sometimes I can be walking in the house or going up steps, so I make a turn the wrong way, and that tingling feeling is in my brain. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's like I'm like. So at first I was like thinking, why well, I'm dizzy, why I feel like this, and it hit me. You got three tumors on your brain. They probably clashing together. Right. <laughs> the reason why you feeling it. You exactly. Know? So it's like now, I refuse to. Like, when it happens, you know what I say every time I feel it? Oh, it's shrinking. Okay. It's yeah. shrinking. Yeah. So I'm telling myself, exactly. it's shrinking. Speaking to us. It's shrinking. So I'm like, oh, okay, it's fine. They don't have me. I have them. Right. You know, so I'm not, like, I have to go back and I have to keep the MRIs and um, every, bananas every six months. How are you able to get on an airplane? You would think that would affect it. Yeah. You're right. I don't know. It don't, you know what? I never thought about that. Did I you? Fly a lot. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Did you ask them? Um, am I able to fly? I think that's a question you need to ask them. I never thought about that. You need to, well, you need to find out because we don't want nothing that's to happen a good in the question. air. Question. Yeah, because yeah, the air pressure, the altitude. Yeah, I never thought about that. Like I just, mm, I never thought about it. Wow. Well, I do want to, since we have someone here that was close and dear to it, I want to ask 
his opinion on when all this unfolded. Yeah. If he would be honest. I know he tried to be a manly man, but right now is not the time to be a manly man. He's an alpha male. Right, an alpha get, male. I get so tired of hearing that alpha. <laughs> <laughs> so, husband Miko, I just What's going on? Be 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 for real now. Bob all the other bullshit. Be for real. Just this this a this is a survivor podcast. So your wife is a true survivor. No doubt. Now, when that news first hit. How did it hit you? I think my biggest thing was I wanted to know how serious it was. Right. Immediately. Like, right. okay. Rain to Because I ain't never dealt with no, nothing like that. Like, right. So I'm about kind of like when you hear brain to you always think cancer. You're thinking. Yeah, off the <laughs> rip. That's what everybody thinks. So my mind was, how bad is it? You know what I'm saying? Like, where do we go from here? Okay. What, what, what's the next step? I'm not thinking about that. I just want to know how, where do we go? I, I need to know this, like, immediately. You know what I'm saying? Okay, that's but, my mind is. but once you saw the way it, it did her at first, how it broke her down, how did you, what, think, what did you do to help see, that? But see, here's the thing, though, with Danielle was, even when the, the, the tumor she had, she had had it for a minute. So, yeah. so she was fighting it, like, for, for for months and months because she always complain about headaches all the time right. but she would always take something or or something that, that take the headache or you know head so her headache will go away so i think as time went it started getting too consistent mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying because she was like oh my head almost an everyday thing yeah I'm, I'm going to work and i'm thinking we we, we we ripping and running working and she's still trying to work and so to actually see it when they gave her the news, then to see her, I, I could see in her eyes like she was worried. Yeah, you no know doubt. what I'm saying? Because usually she don't really, she don't really, you know what I'm saying? She just be like, okay, I'm going to be with God. Hey. But I think right then, I think even then, she was, she was testing God too. Like right. her faith was on the line on this one. And, and, which is normal because we no, only human. I mean, about it. But I can see that, that's the only time I really seen her just like, okay, like, the, the series, you know what I'm saying? Okay, but my thing to you is when you saw that in her eyes, I want to know what was in your heart, in your oh, mind when you God, saw that. Because I know I, I got to have her. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? I can't do it without her. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? I think as a man, when you've when you been with somebody for so long and everything is built with y'all too, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I, so when I'm looking at her like brain tumor, can't, no, I'm thinking can't, I'm, I'm thinking the, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm trying to be positive, but you always you like always gotta be realistic. Mm -hmm. Like you can't be an idiot and not be realistic about certain stuff. Right. So I'm looking at her like, well, we got. I can't. I got to have you. We got to get. You know, you got to make it through there. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Because I'm thinking about the kids right. that come and play too with, yep. with Fat Boy and checking all them. I know. You know. Danielle. I mean, she the rock. Right. Exactly. So, exactly. I'm like, okay, what next? But what we got to do, you know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm on board with whatever, you know what I'm saying? So she goes, once she goes to the doctor, and they literally tell her, you know, you're going to have surgery. Like, we got to get this thing. And she was like, well, it's not. Let's see, is it cancer? No, because I want to know, is it, it, that's the most important. Is it cancer? You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? If it Benign, then you know, okay. Right. Okay. How, how pronounce it? Benign. Benign. Mm -hmm. well, you know what I mean. I know. Is that what you mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> so when I got that news that it was dead, then that kind of... Ease a little bit. Oh, yeah, because it's not cancer. 
No, yeah, man. but you still got to realize your brain is in your head. Yeah. It's enough space there for your but brain. You think, so if something that's growing, it's yeah. pushing stuff apart. It's going to affect you. So we didn't know how big that thing was. Right. So when he said, the, like, the golf ball. So you, you're, you're like, shoot, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. because they're going to go in there and oh, we're going to get that. Right, and everything is fine. best surgeon in the whole world. He's he's the number one surgeon for it's this. All that's all. This. So it's like. Y'all in great hand. So it gives you, even though you still nervous about it, you still got your doubt, but it gives you more better as you as more stuff coming in. Okay, it's, it, it's small. You know what I'm saying? Okay. You got the best surgeon in the world. This is all he do. So the percentage is good. It's going up. So now I'm like, okay, okay. Getting a little bit better. The news getting a little bit better. You know what I'm saying? So when she asked to go into the surgery, you know what I'm saying? So the kids, the kids, they devastate. You know, I, I can tell you. You know what I'm saying? Of course. I, they're kids. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they, they That's their mom. Like, for real. That's mama, mama. And I was trying to be to the point of, I got that little still see me strong. Yeah, I, you know you what I'm saying? Because they still, now they're looking at me. Right. You this right. nigga can't, you know, he can't be in a corner crying over there. Right. Because they're going to they gonna be dying. Like, yeah, you're right. Over there crying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my. You, you got to be you, strong. You see what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I, I felt like I got to do that part. I gotta be. I, I gotta stay strong. I gotta make sure I'm good on that part. Let them know. Look, your mama gonna be fine. Your mama's soldier. Like right. this is what this is what we do. You know what I'm saying? Like she gonna be fine. The good news and all that. So as we at the hospital, when she doing her surgery, it was like five. This probably like five hours. So we sitting in now. So the doctor literally come in the waiting room. He like, okay, here's the deal. So I'm thinking now, something went wrong. Cause you, cause when they, usually when they come in now, they, they tell you, okay, surgery's great. We're great. great. Yeah, she, was she, fine. She's in recovery. She's in recovery. Right. You know, we good. So I'm sitting on the thing like, okay, here we go. So your heart sunk then. Yeah, because he came, because he, he didn't say what I wanted him to say. Right. It exactly. wasn't like. See, this first time he did. Yeah. So he yeah. do say ICU. He like, okay, she's back in ICU. I'm like, okay, so surgery. He was like, but. Mm. Look at this right here. Right. Now I'm locked in. Yeah. Now my eye, me, me and him got eye contact. It man, I want to hear everything come out of this man's mouth. Yeah. He said, we got some of the two. Mm. Somebody said, I'm thinking it's a golf ball. I mean, it's small. Right. I mean, you know, How you not get all of it? Like, it was bigger than we thought it was. Mm. I said, what you mean, dog? He was like, that thing big as an apple. I said, like, so I'm, I'm in my mind, I'm thinking about Apple. Yeah, you like, is, 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 is it the green apple, yeah. the red apple, granny apple? Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking that because her head only this big, bro. Exactly. Her apple this big. Yeah. So I'm thinking exactly. about an apple. He was like, yeah. It literally, he was saying, it literally was pushing her brain backwards, like, wow, dude. moving it out the way. I'm like, that's why the headache was so strong. That's why the headache was so strong. Because it was pushing her brain on the. Sell. He said, but he said, this is what I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to go back in now. Now, this is after five hours. I'm already in, been in the waiting room. We've been in there for five hours. He said, I'm going back in there. Black man. He was a black guy? Oh, African. 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 The, the, I know. the best awesome. brain surgeon, tumor <laughs> doctor in the world. Wow. He, he said, and this is, what, this is what he said. This is what I do. I'm the best at this. He said, I'm going back in there. And I'm going to get all of it. Wow, dude. He said, I'll be back in a little bit, give you another update. Another four hours he came back. He said, She, I see you, I got it all. 
I said, look at this. Good deal. So, good deal. I think that after all that was over with, it was a good surgery, you know what I'm saying? And now it was time for the second part of it, for her, for the recovery part. You know what I'm saying? So he was like, the skull, he like, he put the skull back on, brain too swollen. So when you heard that. I'm like, what you mean by that? Skull. I'm thinking, this some movie stuff. This is some yeah. great hard movie. What you mean she ain't got no skull? You like, literally, Danielle had no skull, bro. It was just skin pulled over her head. Yeah. And they stapled, it, they stapled it to the top. Oh, that was the worst. Yeah. So you got to think, bro, it was nothing there. Her, 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 her crumb, it that was gone. The staples, I thought my head was not going to The staples, they, they literally stapled her top of her head, bro, with her skin going across. It was so ugly. Yeah. And she came home, and uh, so and she had to sit there, you know what I'm saying? And they were like, yeah, they were like, she you know, she's not going to be able to smell. She probably going to go blind. You know, she probably won't be see, be able to see. So know? when that came, when that I'm was I'm like, home. my wife gonna be disabled. Yeah. You gotta take care of her. Period. And I don't know if I can do that. Right. I don't know if I'm ready to do all that. Because right. I've never been in a position right. to do. See, people don't understand the part of, it, the love part is always there. Right, it's gonna always be there. That's, that, 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 that's unquestionable. Like, but when you put in a position yeah. When it take you out your whole comfort zone, you gotta do something with the kids. A lot of people, oh, I can do no, bro. Uh, no, you can't because uh, you. It's because yeah. this thing is a team. Right. So when one of your team, it's like anything in whatever you do. If you got a partner, and that partner is now, that means you taking the whole hundred percent of it. True. A married ain't about a hundred. It's fifty fifty True. all the way to the board. Right. So when that, when that, 100, 100. you know, what I mean, a hundred, hundred, but even when you. So when your life changed immediately, it's different when you can when, when you living up to like it, it's building to it. Like okay, slowly but slowly she just now nah, I got to deal with the kid. I got to do that. Right. But when it happened immediately, right. and you got to get ready, it take time. So now I'm like okay, I'm gonna need some help because I can't fit. I can't fit the kid. Hell, yeah. I can't. I can't. I gotta get him to school. And then you still got still got to keep my own damn care of her too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So now I'm like okay, what you gonna do, boy? So then, out the blue, she just, her smell came. Start just, just progressing. Yeah, just, just start smelling, eat, <laughs> start Amen. popping, talking back. I don't talk, oh, popping that mouth. Where she had that mouth uh, coming back. But here's the thing that was funny about the whole thing that that with the with the thing. I always humor in it. We go back to get a skull on. <laughs> go back to pick up a skull. Yeah, yeah. Pick that and I had that right there in the refrigerator. That that yeah, mine. Right that there. So she in the hospital. She, she's in Atlanta, in, in Emory. So they give us some Percocet. I know, they gave me the, I told you, don't let, I sent him to get me something to eat. Uh -huh. Don't let these people give me no, I want to eat. She want to eat, but, like, but she <laughs> couldn't so eat though. Hungry. I said, I'm going to get us a McDonald's and sneak it back down and get a grub. Oh my God. Because she's been through a lot. She yeah. Mark, but she's going to get some little food. <laughs> but they end up giving us some Percocet. They gave, oh, they gave morphine. Morphine. No, Percocet, baby. It was Percocets. Because you told, listen. I said, baby, don't let these folks give me no more medicine. This, I'm not lying when I tell you that this is a true story. I'm not lying. I was so mad. They gave us some Percocet. So when I came back in the hospital, the nurses and stuff was coming out her room like this. This lady, they were like, I can't deal with this woman. This woman is cussing people. Listen to me. When I goes in the room, Danielle cussed out. My wife, I don't never hear her say words like that. <laughs> Ever. Listen, listen, Tracy. Literally. My, she never say she don't talk like that. Right. She acted up so bad. 
The doctor came back in the room. He said, Mr. Harvey, we're going to release your wife today. No, that was, that, they kicked me out of the hospital. They kicked, they kicked me out the first time. They did. They kicked me before I got my skull. They kicked the, the out of the hospital, they bro. They kicked me out. Kicked them out. Wow, without your the school. They would not deal with yeah, them. They kicked me out of the hospital first. They would not deal with them. And, and you don't remember going off? No, I do remember. I remember, okay, so when I was in the hospital before I left without the skull, <laughs> I cut up real bad. She cut up awful. I don't take medication. The right. strongest thing I took was goodie powder. Right. I don't even take Lortab. Yeah. They make me sick. Okay. So these people give me Percocets. Percocets not Dude, let me tell you something. It, it changes. It changed everything. It changed a whole personality bro i was literally like everything that i watched on television i thought was real i watched was hallucinating i was hallucinating i watched jj i watched good times mm -hmm. i had a full-blown conversation with jj from good times <laughs> you gotta think people get high over there and that's, that's what they want to yeah, feel they're like no yeah. i don't she want was that so it was unreal. Oh, and then i remember watching dirty dancing I told my mama, literally, them kid was in the bathroom waiting on me to teach him how to dance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you remember the pop movie, The Poltergeist? Of course. So look, we, it's about two o'clock in the morning. So my like, like in my room was a window. Oh, you shouldn't have been looking at no poltergeist. No, but look, I told, no, I was messing with my mama. So mama, that this time my mama that came to the hospital stay with me, and I would look at her and say, Caroline, <laughs> Caroline. Don't look into the light, Caroline. I said, Mama, that man over there, want you to come over there, the man in the black. He said, come over there, Caroline. My mama forgot I had a surgery and hit me on top of my head and told me if I ain't go to sleep. Oh, my goodness. Because <laughs> I was that horrible. The next day, they literally came in. Like, I was, I, it was horrible. Wow. And they said, we kicking her out. Yeah. We ain't finna wait for her brain to go down. She gonna go home. I literally put her in the car. And recoup. And bring her back. And she had to finish it up down here. I mean, the other house in Bowman. Until her brain went down. So there. once my brain did, so they rescheduled her for that June. And that's when I, and when I came home, I did not get that prescription field. Mm -mm. Yeah. I refused right. to take the purpose. She didn't take the purpose. I would good. not, because it was unreal. I'm telling you, I was hallucinating. And then when I stopped taking them, remember I had that dream. I was in the in the thing and you had gone. I had a dream and I woke up crying because mm. I was in the room by myself. Yeah. Hmm. I thought spiders was crawling mm. on me. She had a rough road. But, it was rough. But when she but 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 the whole overall thing about the survival thing though is what that she never. I, I think once she got to that certain point with the surgery part of it, when that happened, I think she just locked all the way in, man. Like I'm, I'm gonna get through this. I mean, okay. I'm, I'm done. I'm like we finna get this. And I think with the kids. With the kids, they literally it broke them off. It broke them off real good. Yeah. See, Lamika was a daddy's boy. Yeah, always been. You know, I mean, oh, as yeah. you know, yeah. was, that's twenty four seven. They was best friends. And the, and the reason he went to this school, Georgia, because of that tumor. He was going to commit to Alabama. It was locked in. Wow. Oh, no if and. See, no he, if and. He was and never a mama's boy. He was going to Alabama. Always a daddy's boy. Yeah, he was going to Alabama. But that changed his whole life. When that perspective. happened, when that, when that tumor happened, he, he was like, he could not see me in that fuck home at my okay. mama. And that's how. That's how George got in. I mean, dude, you could have been told me that, dude. I mean, yeah. all them arguments we done had about that. Yeah. And you could have told yeah. me. I, I wouldn't argue with he you then. going to Alabama. And, 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 and what's so crazy about the Alabama, the thing with the tumor and the Alabama situation was, 
She was well then. Like, she had got to the point, you had got a little bit, a whole lot better. When we made them, you know, yeah, that was over a year later. You know what I'm saying? You had. No, you got to think also. No, 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 no. Because I remember, it's a lot of stuff I don't even remember. Right. But you got to think, when he was going to all these camps mm -hmm. and being recruited, I was laying on the couch. That's true. But because no, a lot, because yeah. I didn't know, like, this But guy, he started, he started, he started yeah. recruiting, like, it was like, like 16, 15, yeah. 16. So, you got to think. But when he started making them moves to what school, he, when he started narrowing them schools down, and Alabama was the pick of the pick, and we was getting ready to go out. You remember we were getting ready to go to Alabama for that official visit? Yeah. When it snowed, you remember? And he was going to commit that night. Okay. It snowed. It snowed, wow. though, bro. Wow. So it literally, it literally snowed, uh -huh. and, and, and here, it was here, it snowed. So Nick Saban and Jeremy Pruitt. Pruitt. Pruitt said, look, we're going to sell a car. We're going to sell a car all the way from Alabama to y'all house in Bowman to pick y'all up. And I said, no. And she no. said, I'm not going to get out. I'm not going to ride no car in no snow. Exactly. And I go, love my life. And let me go like, now, nah, my, my mama ain't, she ain't kind of, she, she don't want to come, so I'm not coming. So, they said, we'll set something else up for later. Kirby called. And said, hey, we got a basketball game right there going on with Kentucky and Georgia. They were Kentucky right number one. Kept all them stars they had on that team. Once y'all just come to the game. Jumped in the car, went to that basketball game. But the overall, the overall part of this whole thing is, mm -hmm. it's all about her. It's all about the way she fought. Wow. The way she believed in everything that was gonna happen. She never lost. She lost. The faith was a little bit shaky at the beginning, but that's understandable. Exactly. But as time went. She was just locked in. And I and I truly believe she's an inspiration of don't ever give up. Just, exactly. Just, just trust your just trust the situation, just trust the process. And that's the thing, everything in life is about the process. Okay. Even if you get whatever you get, sick, get in trouble, what you gotta still trust the process. If if, if it's gonna make it work. Right. Because she could have tilted it. And exactly. Not trust the process and, and not and, be here and, right and, now, and just give up on the process. Right. And I can't believe, and her, and her spirit just go all the way down to her foot. True, because that's what most people do. And, and now a lot of people lose. But if you trust the process and believe in what it is, and, and, and believe in the doctor, the doctor who told you I'm the best, I'm the best in the world. This is what I do. Okay, so, amigo, thank you for for what you had to say. I really appreciate that. It had a lot to do with it. Uh, even your last word, what you just said, because at the end of my podcast, I always say any last word. So this is the end of your part. So what you said was a great last word. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. Y'all have a blessed day. You too. Stay strong, baby. Yes. <laughs> now. He's so irritating. Danielle. Life after that. Now. I really hope you do what I asked you to do. Ask that doctor about them plane trips because oh, yeah. we don't want you to get ten thousand feet up in the air and something goes wrong. But uh, life after what you went through, after your survival, is it pretty much the normal, or will it never be normal? Um, I think after the first one, um, when I first found out about the first brain tumor, it took a while. It didn't go. It, it was not normal for a long time. Right. Learning how to do everything over again. Mm -hmm. Um. Battling stuff like not remembering a lot of things. That's rough. But I think as time went on, I was determined and I wasn't going, you know, let it get to me. But then it's like now, 
you're living with three again. Right. You done been through radiation. And then it, it, it helps you to appreciate life. Amen. So I look at people sometimes and I'm like, y'all sit here and y'all, people, they look at you and they think they know you. Mm-hmm. They look at me and they like, oh my God, that's Miko Hartman's mom. You know, what does she have to worry about? I be want to say, dude, I'm walking around with three tumors on my brain. What are you talking about? Exactly. Like straight up for real. So life will never be normal right. because even I still got to fight every day. I still like even like I was saying with the the way I move sometimes and right. how it is. When I if I get tired, if I get a headache, I suffer with with um migraines for a while. I see this mm. is what the part where I say don't get normal because sometimes it takes me a minute to even know the words that I'm trying to say. I got you. I got you. And just like people need to realize that the word practicing medicine. Look at practicing. Yeah. You were diagnosed with sinus problem. Exactly. With your headache. Come on. You know, people need to know they know they body building anyone, even doctors. Yeah, they go to school and they can do this and that, but I'm glad you kept trying. Like you said, I'm going to the emergency room. Yeah. You want to find out. You could have just said, well, I'm having a sinus problem, like, like the doctor told me, and just been taking medicine until it was too late. And you know what? When I looked at, when I looked this tumor up, the meningenoma, I found out Marilyn Monroe mm. had the same brain tumor. Mm. Wow. So, even though it's not cancerous, it still can be deadly. It still can be deadly. Yes, ma'am. Because hers kept coming back. It can be deadly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just don't never know. So mm-hmm. that that's my fight every day. You know, where, where they located it. Brain is serious. Yes, it is. It, brain is everything. You're yeah. right. Brain so and you heart. You don't never want one to touch a part of your brain where your brain did. Right. Exactly. Come on, because if 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 you get to a point, think about somebody that gets shot in the head and they become mm-hmm. brain dead. That's it. They're vegetable. They're vegetable. So you don't want that tumor to grow and keep growing and, and you get them all over your brain. Then you'll be a vegetable, you're right. Yeah. So mm. even though a tumor is not cancerous, it still can be deadly. It still deadly. can be deadly. Yeah. So that's something, you know, you got I gotta live with, but I thank God that I know him. And I'm t- I'm telling you, when I tell you I'm praying every day, when I go back to have my MRI in November, Lord, they are shrinking. Hey, man. I'm not I, yeah, man. I wasn't put here to be walking around with tumors exactly. on my brain for the rest of my life exactly hey, man. well Daniel, thank you for sharing your story you're welcome and it touched you to me hearing your story because I didn't know all that that went on and now I do and I just want to appreciate it now any last words before we go that you want to say um, I just tell people to don't take anything lightly don't take a headache lightly. Don't take a stomach ache lightly. Because our bodies, when they hurt, they're telling us something is wrong. Amen. So, a call, any little simple thing is telling you something is wrong. True. So, you got to make sure that you're in tune with it. And you got to make sure that you're listening to your body. So that you can make sure that you catch whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? And don't, yes. Always be in tune with it. Always make sure because if you're if it's hurting, it's telling you something. It's hurting for a reason. It's hurting for a reason. Well put, well put. Well, what I want to say for last words is once again, I really appreciate you telling your story. I really hope that someone listened to the story and take heed because mm-hmm. it. This is our body. We only have one life, and, exactly. and just do what you have to do. From the mind to the lips to the heavens. Until next time.
peace from the heart.